Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. All right. So, let me give you a little rundown of what's about to happen. I've been teaching a series titled Greater Works. It comes from John 14, 11, and 12. Basically, the works that Jesus did, we would do, and even greater works we should do. It's somewhat a little bit difficult to imagine you will do greater works than Jesus. But he said it. It's in the Bible. Now, I don't know what all that looks like, but I know I'm going for it. Healing, signs, wonders, miracles, deliverance, the gospel, boldness, authority, power, resurrection from the dead. If it's there, I believe it. If he did it, I want it. And if he said, I'm gonna do something greater, then I wanna do that. I think like a child. There's a lot of if and buts, but if if and buts were candy and nuts, and it's not Christmas in July, because it's not even July. So I wanna do what Jesus did. How about you? Here's this very simple question for all of us. Shouldn't you wanna do what Jesus did? Yes. We wouldn't, you shouldn't even come to church if you don't have a desire to be like him and do what he did. We're not here to appease our conscience and do our Sunday morning routines. We're here because we want more. I want supernatural visions, dreams. The Bible says he's gonna pour out his spirit in his last days and I'll prophesy, I'll dream dreams, I'll see visions, I'll bust up demons, I'll lay hands on the sick and they'll be recovered. The Bible says that I want it. The problem though is, is that many of us want that but we don't want the cross, which means it's not about you, but he loves you and he's got a promise for you. But what it's about first is dying. And so on, on Wednesday night, I preached a phenomenal message a phenomenal message, and I talked about the cross, and I talked about how we have a generation that's walked away from the cross. And in the Old Testament pattern of the tabernacle in the wilderness, there were two fires. Everybody say two fires. Two fires. First, there was the fire of the brazen altar. And then there was the second fire in the inner court. And that fire was a fire on a lampstand that gave light to the inner court. Two fires. One fire crucifies and burns up your flesh. Today, we know it as the cross. The second fire is a fire in the tabernacle of our heart. So now we have showbread and we have incense and we have a lampstand inside of us. This church has a lampstand. And that fire does a lot of things. But there's a first fire or there's a first cross. There's an only cross. And that cross crucifies you. The gospel comes from the cross. The good news is because of the cross. Because Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to live in shame, condemnation, victim mentality, religious, stinky, religious Christianity. Ugh, I hate it. I, I wish I could see in the spirit. It's probably a good thing I can't see this. But I often think to myself, if I could survey this room in the spirit right now, how many of us would have a crown of thorns on our head? Because your intelligence needs to be crucified. If your intelligence is not crucified, you're leading your own self. And it's nice Christian behavior modification. But here's the thing about Christian behavior modification. It's easier. Just tell me what to do. Tell me exactly how to do it. Give me a checklist. 
If I do this, the result will be this. That's not how it works in the kingdom. In fact, the Bible says we have to be converted. If you don't convert, you'll revert. Let's say that. If I don't convert, I'll revert. You know what that means? Conversion. I mean, Maria could tell us the greatest understanding of conversion. But it's changing from one thing, one thing to another. It's formulistic in the sense that now I was this way, and because of what God did inside of me, he made me another way. But if you don't shift by the Spirit, you'll revert back to the works of the flesh. I'm gonna, we're only looking at Gen, uh, Galatians 3 today, so I'm only gonna show you three or four scriptures. I'm setting you all up for the scriptures. Yes. So what happens is, is you get bewitched. You get fascinated, you get dazzled. You know why? If I do all the right things, then I'm good. I prayed today, man, I'm good. I witnessed today, man, I'm good. Yes. I read my Bible today, whew, I'm good. I went to church on Sunday. I'm good. Man, I feel good about myself. Don't fall prey to that trap. It will kill you. The only thing that pleases God is transformation and conversion on the inside. You gotta change from one form to another. This is me every day. This is you every day. It's not a one-time thing. Salvation is a constant process <clears throat> of renewal. You know that, right, everybody? It's I was, I am, and I will be. The challenge is many of us get saved and we stay there. We get stuck. We have this encounter with God, but we never fully convert. And the only way you're going to convert is by the Holy Spirit. Not religious works. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. And so here's a great example of when you don't come to the cross, you get bewitched. Or the enemy bewitches you away from the cross. Now the word bewitched, I'm going to show it to you in a minute, literally means to be cast a spell upon by the evil eye. Now the best way I can describe the evil eye to you is these little trinkets that are sold in jewelry stores, some of you have some, or all over the Middle East, and basically they're these little blue stones with a white eye and a blue dot. It's, they're called the evil eye. Really what it is, it's designed to ward off the evil eye, like a totem pole would be. They, some people call it the evil eye, but really what it means is it's to ward off. So people carry these on their keychains. I see them all over the place. You've You've seen them, right? The problem is, is no trinket and no rock can drive away the evil eye. And the evil eye comes from this mindset of I gave you a look, right? Or somebody gave you a look that put a curse on you. Here's how I can break that down for modern day for you. Are you guys fascinated by this subject, by the way? This is good stuff. Here's how I can break it down for you. Do you ever feel constantly under pressure to perform? Do you ever feel like you're not doing enough? Do you ever feel like your faith isn't working? Do you ever feel like you're being accused all the time? Do you ever feel like you're battling shame and victim mentality and lies? It all comes from being bewitched. But the cross is the remedy to the evil eye. Yes, the cross is the remedy. Let's say that. The cross, the cross is the remedy is the to the evil eye. Because the cross, once you go to the cross, it makes no provision for the evil eye. But what was happening was you had all these people in, in uh, the church of Galatians that were reverting back to the works of the law, flamed on by the Spirit, 
they lose the fire, and then they go back to a boring, dead religion. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. That's not who Rock City is. There's no going back. Let's say that. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Many of you have come in here with stinky, old, yucky religion on your soul. And I won't name the religions. You got no fire. You got no passion. You have no zeal, no dreams, no visions. No one's getting saved. No one's busting up demons. Nobody's setting captives free. You're just nice suburbia Christians. And nice is not a fruit of the Spirit. Being kind is, and I want people to be nice. But my greater point is, is we're trying to please everybody and we have PC Christians that are affecting no change. So we're gonna talk about that. Let's start first by talking about being fueled every day in your daily life. You need fuel every day. Last week, I talked about a supercharger. That our, we, it was Pentecost, so we talked about supercharged lifestyles. And superchargers basically are, a, it's not a turbo, but it's like a turbo that in, brings in oxygen, increases the airflow to the engine, which in turn burns more fuel, which in turn gives that engine the ability to do more work and create more power. Understand? A supercharged engine can double the horsepower of a car. Supercharger is mechanical versus a turbocharger, which is electrical. And the, the supercharger is what God puts on the inside and he supercharges our life to increase the oxygen intake so that what comes out of you is power. Yeah. Where's the power? Woo. Where's the fire? Anybody? I'm, make, I'm saying it for you to think. I want you to think. Right. Self-revelation is the best revelation. Yes. All I want to do is get you to think, I need a supercharger. I need more oxygen. I need more fire. I need more power. Because I can tell you right now, the fastest thing that kills a church is a powerless church. In fact, Paul calls it a form of godliness. I look good. I sound good. I dress nice, music was pretty, simple altar calls, no tongues, no warfare, none of that stuff. It was nice, simple, easy Christians with no fire, no power, and I look godly. Don't you hate the godly look with no power? And we're in a fight. You need power to become something. It's not just to cast out demons and lay hands on the sick. There's all kinds of miraculous stuff. Yes. Miracles come in all shapes and forms. Yes. You wanna know a miracle? You are a miracle. Yeah. If you stay the course, your life is an incredible miraculous sign and wonder yeah. to the nations of the world. Yeah. Gangs, messed up lives, broken trail of tears, God transforms you, transforms your life, restores your family. You become a preacher and an evangelist, and now you're setting captives free. And people say, "How?" And if God could do it for Trey, dude, you better you better soak this up, man, because God's coming after you. This is not nice, pretty religion. You better never get religious on me. That's a miracle. You? Oh. You are, 
How could, this is an incredible miracle. You sat in church twice on a Sunday morning. What is happening to you, man? God's coming after you. Your story, I can only imagine your story, but you know what I see? I see a mighty, mighty street preacher, but not like the ones with bullhorns preaching fire and hell, one laying hands on the sick and comforting people in their most broken place, going to the darkest of dark places, places you have once been, you will go back to. You, you are a modern day Moses. Yeah, bro, soak it up, man. This God's coming after you. God already's coming after you. you. You are designed to be a wreck for the Lord. You need to be totally undone. You are a powerhouse. I see the sword inside your hand. And I see you slaying giants, but you gotta beat these first ones that are coming against you right now. And you cannot do this in your own strength. And you have parents that love you enough. It was set up. This was a setup for you. Don't think it wasn't. This is a setup. It's no wonder the enemy will work on over time to keep people away and to tell you, I don't need to go there. I don't need that. I don't need all that. Yes, you do need that. So God is a miraculous working God, delivering you from alcoholism, delivering so many of us from sleeping around with who knows who all the time. One night stands in the arms of another all the time. It's miraculous when you get set free from shame and bitterness and anxiety and fear and worry and depression. Those are miracles. Let's just, let's just start with sleepless nights. Sleepless nights, waking up in the morning. You know, I remember when I was younger and I didn't have a, seemed to have a care in the world and I would wake up with excitement and energy. But the more I knew, the more I grow, the more responsibility I have, the more worries and fears and doubts that came and I would wake up not refreshed. But you know, the Bible promises sweet sleep. You know that, right? So I'm gonna contend for it. I'm gonna contend for sweet sleep. I used to watch the news all the time at 10. I watched it one time in the last several years the other night and I said, this was why I shut the news off. What I put inside my brain, what I listen to, what I watch, what I feed on, what I eat, what I drink, all that's gonna affect your sleep That where God could speak to you in dreams. You're a dreamer, dreamer. You know, God's destined all of us to dream. Dreamer. We say, I don't dream. No, what it is is we don't remember them. We don't give preference to them. Dreams is a part of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Dreams fuel my life. This church was birthed because of dreams. My wife dreams, incredible dreams. What's gonna happen next in our life will be birthed because of a dream she had that she shared publicly here. I war with my dreams. So let's talk about fuel, being fueled by the Spirit on a daily basis. If I can get you fueled every day in full, every day, I'm gonna be the happiest pastor I could ever be. Because when you're full, depression, anxiety, fornication, lies, sin, shame, victim mentality, anger, bitterness, nightmares, when you stay full, those things have no place. Now, when they come in, even when you're doing the best you know to do, you realize and remember that the devil is a liar. And then you have to pick yourself up and fight against it. 
When sickness comes knocking on your door and you get a diagnosis, it's time to fight, right? When the devil says, oh, you're gonna die. Oh, you got that diagnosis, your life's over. Oh, what if I die? What if I die? But the Bible says that I don't love my life under the death. In fact, I'm already a dead man walking. All I can do is the best with what I've gotten. If I die tomorrow, you all better carry this legacy on. You better carry this fight and this torch forward and never be religious dead Christians. Promise me that you will fight all the days of your life. And I pray that I don't die tomorrow, but I'm telling you right now, there is people that are dying out there that need Jesus Christ and the cross and the power of God in their life. Gangs and drugs and prostitutes and human trafficking and girls being robbed of their virginity while boys video it and put it on the internet for all to see. And children being aborted. Suicides. And they have no hope and no good news. And we keep coming back here because we get good news here. But this is a daily good news. And it may make me cry and I feel the burden and the passion, but I'm full of joy of the Lord. And I'm full of the Spirit of God because I know I win. I know we win. I know we do. And I'm gonna fight for you and they're gonna fight for you. She's gonna fight for you. We're gonna fight for one another because we're a family. And you just need fuel to fight. Let's think about fuel. Fuel is anything that we use to produce heat or power. Fuel can come in all state, all different forms. Wood, gas, oil, natural gas. All kinds of things can produce fuel. Wind, in fact, the Holy Spirit has many different identifiers as fuel, such as water, wind, All kinds of things produce fuel in our life. Protein, supplements, even drugs can produce fuel. The problem is some of you have dirty fuel and you need a fuel change. It may fuel you up for a moment until it burns off and then it's like you're sick as a dog. Steroids and too many supplements and energy drinks and even too much caffeine and all kinds of things that can fuel your life can produce dirty fuel and dirty results. Fuel is something that sustains or inflames passionate activity. The problem is, is if, you're, if your passion and your pleasure is not in the Lord, you're gonna look for it in the things of this world, the arms of another, a website, a drink, a drug, a job. Some of you don't do drugs, you don't drink, you're not sleeping around, but your jobs are all consuming in your life. Workaholics for more money, even in noble, for noble reasons, but it's killing you. Recently, I gave some money and I had this first thought that hit me. This is an old thought, but it reminded me of something. The first thought that I had was if I give that money, I won't be able to do this. Pay a debt pay for a bill, this first thought. If I give, there's gonna, it's gonna cost me. And God showed me, because I've learned this as I've matured, I hope you can get it now. I give out of perfect love because I trust God. He gave it to me all anyway, and he really is Lord. You can't, and I've heard the statement so much, but I didn't really understand it. You can't outgive God, meaning that it all came from him, and if you'll trust him, nothing goes unnoticed. There's not one thing I have done ever in my whole life, ever, 
that went unnoticed when I did it with the right intentions with the Lord. Yeah. Not one minute in the Bible, not one minute in the secret. It never goes, it's never wasted time. Take it from me now that I've hit 50. Many times I had no idea what the result was happening. Many times I felt no result, yeah. none. And I said, well, that was a waste of time. That worship did nothing. That time in the word did nothing. I felt nothing. I saw nothing. But God says, no, no, no. You invested into equity. And that equity may come 10 years. I don't know when it's going to come in your life. But you store up equity. Equity means I have something stored up that I can use later down the line. And so you need fuel every day of your life. So if if a supercharger takes in more oxygen or more air to burn more fuel, you need more fuel. Say, I need more fuel. You also need more oxygen. The breath of God's whole thing is a spiritual understanding. But you need more oxygen, you need more fuel to do more work, to produce more power. And it costs something. There are several things we as Christians use as fuel on a daily basis. I call them the spiritual disciplines. We're not gonna spend a lot of time on them. There's a bunch of them. How about reading the Bible? The Bible is fuel for my life. But the Bible without God's breath upon it gives me nothing but religious protocols I can become a whitewashed tombstone. You know somebody that knows a lot of Bible, but there's no life behind it? Quote scriptures, I'll cut you up with the scripture. A lot of churches were that way. And people expect that then when they walk in, they're gonna get cut up with the word. Cut me up with the word. No. Love covers a multitude of sins. I'm gonna love you with God's word. I'm gonna produce life with God's, even God's wrath is produced out of God's love. People don't understand that. So God's written word. Many times I'm like, God, what are you saying? I have no idea what you're saying. Anybody ever feel like you don't know what God's saying ever? God says, Lord, I don't know what you're saying. Speak to me, God. Speak to me, please, God. Speak to me, speak to me. He's like, hey, I wrote you 66 love letters. Why don't you read one of those? I open up my Bible and I see, for God so loved me that when I was in my worst state, he gave his life for me. He's still giving his life. I just read it. I'm the author and finisher of your faith. I'm writing. I'm your author. I'm penning your life. I'm the chief. I'm in charge. Oh, I open up my Bible. He says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. He says, oh, you're standing in front of a mountain right now? All you need is a tiny bit of faith. And then you speak. Faith produces an action. Power uh, produces effort. Good ideas will get you nowhere. You have to have an action. And so what happens is I read the word, it produces an action, and God speaks to me and says, oh, name your mountain. What's your mountain? We all got a mountain right now. In our mind, in the way we love, sin issues, fear, worry, doubt, anxiety, a promise you're believing for. My wife and I are believing for an incredible promise in our life right now. If it feels like the biggest mountain we've ever faced right now. Can't tell you what it is, but we're fighting. So you know what I do every day? I'm speaking. Yes, the mountain's still there. I speak again. Mountain's still there. I speak again. Mountain's still there. Oh, middle of the night, get up. You are going to get out of my way, mountain. Because at some point you fight. You fight. 
and you trust and you believe God no matter what it takes, then you stand firm on God's word. Whatever your mountain is, I know we all have a mountain. But I want my intelligence crucified. I don't want to do this my way anymore. And I'm going to stand by faith on God's word. Now I'm going to trust his promises. No matter what the outcome is, I'm trusting God's word. And I speak to that mountain with authority. And I pray in ways I don't know how to pray. And I let the fuel of the spirit come into my life. In two weeks from now, I'm going to teach you about praying in the spirit. I would be amiss to teach this whole supernatural works of greater works without praying in the spirit. Some of you don't know how to pray in the spirit. You gotta learn. Jude 20 says, building yourself up in your most holy faith, edifying yourself by praying in the spirit. First Corinthians 14, two and four, I don't know how to pray. Or it says, uh, when, I, when I pray in the spirit, I pray the mysteries of God and they build me up. Ephesians 6, 18, praying in the spirit always and coming to agreement with what God said. Romans 8, 26, the spirit helps when you're weak. And I feel weak. I feel very weak. I feel overwhelmed many times. I feel in over my head many times. And sometimes all I'm doing is hanging on and standing on a promise. Yeah. Yeah. And, every, and people all around, like, curse God. You feel like Job. Yeah. Curse God. He's the one that did this to you. Just give up. So you fight. Oh, you must have done something wrong. You didn't do anything wrong, but God's got a storm designed for a purpose. You just have to catch the wind and mount up on wings as eagles and get above it. Because if I keep looking at the storm, it's going to kill me and I'm going to sink. But if I get above the wind and the waves and the storm and I look down on it as with eyes of an eagle, now I can see from God's perspective. You have to see from God's perspective what he's doing. It's clear to me for so many of you. It's so clear to me what God's doing. But you just have to see it. And that's my greatest dream and desire for you. There's so many other disciplines. I don't have time. The secret place, worship, fasting, giving, witnessing, all burns up fuel and gives you more. I will say this one thing about worship. I'll say it to all of you. You can't just worship here. And some people, it's like, oh, it's a style and preference thing. So stay in the lobby during worship. Or just come late. It's a little too loud, a little too long. Those people dance and distract me. I said, what do you want me to do? Sit everybody down in nice religious things and everybody move to the side so nobody gets distracted? Oh, hey, you 17-year-old, you're dancing too wildly in the front. Slow it down. <laughs> Let's tighten up the worship. CD quality, 25 minutes. Let's go. I don't care how you worship as long as you worship, but don't criticize everybody else for the way that they worship. And I learned something about worship. Worship takes my eyes off me and puts it on him. Worship gets me to a place where I say, okay, God, and I'm gonna just tell you straight up, there's many times I do not worship. In fact, more often than not, I worship when I don't feel like it. Yeah. 
You'll figure that as you get a little older. My, I work out, my body's a little stiffer. I'm fighting through breathing issues, whatever it is. I come in here, I don't feel good, I don't feel like it. And God says, get up. You know, I was a, a state champion wrestler and I learned something in wrestling. Back in the day, I used to have this yellow Sony Walkman, sport Walkman tape cassette player. And every time before a match, I'd pop in Guns N' Roses and ACDC. <laughs> no, no, this is really the truth. Because you got to psych yourself up. You know why you got to psych yourself up? Because there's no team sport when you get on that mat. Right. And when Jesus was in the garden, listen to me. When Jesus was in the garden, it said that he prayed in agony. Agony. The word agony in the Greek means to wrestle with God or to wrestle with your circumstances. I'm working it out together with the Lord as I fight and wrestle. In fact, the root word of agony is a go, and it literally means to be led into battle. Jesus was led into battle into the garden and even for a moment said, I don't know if I can do this. If it's your will, let the cup pass. You ever feel like that? Jesus felt like that. But instead, his way of doing this was down on his hands and knees, crying tears of blood. But for me, it's like I'm sitting down there. I don't feel like it's like the, whatever it is, the worship, whatever y'all are doing, whatever's going on around me, God says, get up and get, get moving. Because I'm not gonna sit back and allow complacency to set into my heart because I don't feel like it. It's not about my feeling. I don't care what you think. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm about to get on that mat. And when I get on that mat, I'm gonna fight for your son. I'm gonna fight for your life and your children and your future. I'm gonna get my eyes off me. And I'm gonna get them on the king. And I'm not just gonna do it here. I'm gonna lift my hands every day and I'm gonna cry out to God. You ever been sitting in your truck and God says, let out a shout? Yeah, Lord. And you start looking around. No one's there. You're alone in your car. But there's that self-conscious thing. It's like, I'm gonna get a little loud. Somebody's not gonna like it. Think I'm too silly. It may not come back to this church. Newsflash. I I don't care. Because if I lose my, the truth of who I am and you lose the truth of who God created you to be, you just have to discover it, Matt. You are a fighter pilot in the spirit, man. You are a mighty warrior designed to rev up the engines in the spirit and pray in tongues and fight like never before. You are a mighty princess in the kingdom, a Deborah designed to judge the nations. You get up and start fighting right and stop listening to the lies of the enemy and get more fuel inside your life. Of course, the devil's a liar. Of course, he's gonna try to lead you astray. He always puts a question mark where God puts a period, but the more questions, throw a question mark at me. My arms are up. I'm gonna get on that mat. And you know what? I'm gonna speak to that mountain. Get to the sea right now. Get to the sea, mountain. Get to the sea. And I don't care if I'm coughing and hacking and spitting loogies the whole way. <laughs> Get to the sea. It's not a trial run. People are dying. Your life is on the line. Life is dust in the wind. Blades of grass that in a moment withers away from the sun never to be remembered again. 
Life is short. So you need fuel. Say, I need fuel. But some of you are out of gas. It's like, it is like a supercharged car. And I gotta go, the faster I drive and the more power I put out, if I put my foot on that pedal, the gas gauge is going, which means I have to be more aggressive to get more fuel. That's right, you gotta go after it every day. It's not a Sunday thing. I don't have enough, I give you all I have on Sundays and Wednesdays, all I have. And the rest of the week, I'm fighting, I'm in the trenches. I don't always have time to make you feel good and feel connected and messages and posts, and sometimes I do, but you know where I'm at, I'm in the trenches. And sometimes I feel 100 feet underwater. But I got a scuba tank of grace. What's that? Grow gills, bingo. All right. So, no life, no energy, no fervency, no passion, no desire, no power, and little to nothing to give away to others. I don't want you like that. Say, I don't want to be like that. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to remedy that today. Fuel creates fire and power. The challenge that the fire left alone will burn out. Any of you ever do beach bomb fires? Dig a big hole. You have to dig the hole so it doesn't get too much oxygen and blow cause a wildfire or burn something else up. You dig a hole, logs, fuel, some gasoline or kindling or whatever you put in, ignite that fire, and then what happens if you just walk away? It's gonna burn out. It needs more fuel, it needs oxygen, and it needs stoking. I was, <clears throat> somebody recently, I think from here, posted a thing, and it was a, it was a good thing. I actually enjoyed reading it about why people left the church and getting hurt. I was reading about what that church just judged me. That church just, all they wanted to do was dig up. Can't you just leave me alone? No. (laughs) We can't leave you alone. (laughs) But the thing is, is if it's not done in love and covering and health and seeing promises, we're not God cops. We're just here to help you. And if you want the help, get it. And it's okay to be measured. You know why I measure my children all the time? And when they are doing something they shouldn't do, they really get measured. And my little seven-year-old doesn't get to say, I am done with this family. You spanked me. You put me in time out. You took away my iPad. That's how some people are in church. This is fear, this fear. I'm sorry if you were controlled. Forgive and let's get into a life-giving family. I don't want to control you. I don't want anything from you except to be what God wants you to be, period. Not your money, not in the seat. I just want you to be what God wants you to be. I will be the happiest if you become what God's called you to be. And you know what? I'll stick around and pray for you and stand with you and love you in the midst of failures and mistakes because you have a promise. God never gave up on me. He never gave up on me, and he should have. God should have given up on me, and God should have given up on you. But he doesn't because he loves you. Because he loves you. You were never worthy. While you were yet sinners, he still died for you because he loves you. Some fuel burns longer than others. Some fuels burn clean while others burn dirty. Some fuels only satisfy for a short time while uh, there is another fuel that satisfies for a lifetime. The Holy Spirit is referenced in several types of fuel in the Bible, oil, water, wind, and yet the Holy Spirit's a fire himself that never burns out. 
and that's all consuming. He's the purest of fuel that burns for a purpose, a fuel that creates heat and power for a destination. Let's everybody say, there is a destination. There is a purpose. purpose. Let me give you what I believe. I'm gonna give you the purpose of life. Are you ready? Here's the purpose of life. Number one, the purpose of the fuel is to become like Jesus himself. If you don't get the main thing, the main thing, you'll get everything else wrong. He wants you to become like him. Look like him, act like him, talk like him, love, and especially above all to love like him. Then he wants you to do what he did. Not just be a good couch potato Christian that looks good, sounds good, but now does something with it. Gets out to the streets, prays for the cashier at H-E-B. Says, I don't care what you think right now. Come over here and lay hands right on you. In Jesus' name, I speak peace and health and strength over your mind and your life. And I release what God's put inside of me. And I declare that you are everything God is destined to be. Now, that's my wife. I pray that over her. But I grabbed my aunt and I said, come here, let me pray for you. God, I thank you for your peace and your health and strength in my aunt's life. And now what God's, the fuel God's put inside of me is being released inside to her. But if you're running on an empty tank, you got nothing to give. But first you wanna look like Jesus, act like him and love like him. And if you're living in compromise, you're not. So have a yes in your heart. All you need is a yes in your heart. If you really mean it, God will do it. I'm not the God cop. He's the one that goes home and convicts you at 11 o'clock at night. I'm loving all my family. All you need is a yes in your heart. Because if you say yes, when God shows up, you get all that God has for you. But someone's like guarded, skeptical, a little bit apathetic, a little bit concerned, a little bit worried. Let me tell you something. If you got any life inside you from the Spirit, you will flame on in the presence of God. You will know I'm in a safe place. Inspect the fruit, look at the history. Look at the life. Trust God and say, mess me up, Lord. Let's say that. You look good with messed up mascara. Yeah, seriously. You know why? Because I see God at work inside of you. And who cares? Who cares? That's, that's your motto. Let's get in release. That's right. So first... Here's the cycle, ready, purpose of life. Look like Jesus, become like Jesus, act like him, do what Jesus did, right? Second of all, it's family and relationships. Everything is designed to reproduce. It's cyclical. Yes. It's cyclical, okay? The next is to walk in the miraculous power of God, to set the captives free, and then repeat. Everybody say repeat. Repeat. It's start all over again. Start, because it's exciting, it's adventurous. I'm becoming more like him. I'm loving more like him. I'm build, we're building a family. If you all stay, will you become a part of this family? You get people around you, like Maria said. She's like, man, I came here five years ago. You should have heard her story. And now today, she's going off full of the spirit, full of a family and people that are propelling her. 
And so you get a family, you reproduce, you get healthy, then you bring your friends and they get healthy, and then you bring all your ex-gangsters and they get healthy, and all your old drug-running people you used to run with, and all your wealthy friends. I don't care where you live, South Side, West Side, North Side, Sinton, Cal Allen, Annaville, or Kingsville. I don't care where you live or where you're at. God always designs you to reproduce. It's cyclical. It's Genesis 1.27. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Replenish cyclical. The fruit on the trees of life, on the river of life, produce fruit every 30 days. You're never running out. Fruitful means I have something to give to you. Get over here by me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay hands on you. You might weep and cry, but you're going to get rocked by God. I felt the fire of God inside of you. I see the fire of God. I see a hunger inside of you like never before, ever. You said yes and never looked back, and you're cultivating this deep depths of life, and it's powerful for you and your family. And your daughter, the promise of God on your daughter's life and what she's gonna do, the wonder of a child. And I start looking at y'all and I say, oh, you guys have a destined, powerful future together. Don't blow it, don't thwart it. Trust God and let him do something supernatural to take you in a place you never could go on your own and you will reach people that never could be reached except by the power of God. You just need fuel. Say, I need fuel. fuel. To replenish. To stay the course to become like Jesus, to build family, to do the miraculous. So everything starts with the fuel of the Spirit, from an empty tank to a full tank. Keeping it full and not running on empty is the key, and when you're full, you will never be bewitched. So let's look at the Scripture. I know the Scripture really well. So, And then we're going to pray. You can move this table. Thanks, man. Rick is an awesome guy. Let's give him a hand clap. He's a, this guy... Don't try to run up on me because he'll take you down. I'm just telling you right now. He will squash you. All right. I set it all up for the scriptures. You ready? Galatians chapter three, verse one. Who, oh foolish Rock City Church. Oh foolish Christians. Oh foolish body. I'm not gonna call the church out down the street, okay? I'm not saying you're all a fool. I'm just using the scriptures as a point. This is Paul talking to the Galatian church. Oh, you guys are so foolish. You're so foolish. You got bewitched. The evil eye got you. If you look this up, it literally means to be cast a spell by the evil eye. So what you did was you got enchanted to revert back to religious behavior modification instead of staying with the Holy Spirit and the cross. Who lured you away from the cross and the good news of the gospel to the works of the flesh? Jesus was clearly portrayed. I want you to see that word portrayed. It's like I painted a picture for you. They didn't see physically with the natural eye Jesus being crucified, but they were painted the picture and portrayed and understood it and believed it. They said yes to the cross. They said yes by the spirit. They flamed on. But then all of a sudden, they got bewitched. And what's unique about this, I've read this so many times. Let's go to the next verse and I'll tell you. Next verse. This only I want to learn from, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? People come in here, hear the word of God of faith and flame on by the Spirit. But so many of us come in with old junk religion. Some of y'all got junk in the trunk. Uh I'm not talking about your rear end. (laughs) 
I'm talking about your baggage of spiritual religion. And it's because it's easy to go back to what you always knew. It's easy to go to traditions, isn't it? It's easy to just go to, I won't say it. It's easy to just go to the way it used to be because I know that. It's organized, it's formed, you tell me what to do. Literally, he calls it the works of the law. Because when you check all your boxes, some of you are real box checkers. I read my Bible today. I worship today. I went to church today. I'm good. We do those things not to be good. We do those things because it's fuel for our life and it makes us more like him. And so you need to, we learn by receiving the spirit, not by the works of the law and it all comes through the hearing of faith. Okay? So what that means is this understanding that the enemy's always trying to bewitch you to revert you back to nice Christianity. Don't fall for it. I know some of y'all are a mess, but I love you. Stay the course. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You'll see. God's faithful. Nothing's a waste of time. Don't give up. But don't go back to boring, dead religion. That's the reverting. Stay in the spirit at all times. You receive the spirit and don't ever get away from the cross, ever. No, it's not okay. Premarital sex is not okay. It's just not, it's not biblical because it breaks covenant. You say, well, that's my one person. And then as soon as that person's gone, the next one's your one. And next thing you know, it's 10, 15, 20 people. I want you to live pure all the days of your life. I want that for my kids. It's not okay. But God forgives you if you do. You're loved. Love covers a multitude of sins. I'm not your God cop, but I'm at least going to tell you the truth. What happens is, is we, we, some people go from lawlessness to legalism. Or you go from legalism to lawlessness. Let's go back. So the hearing of faith, I just want to say this to you about faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We love by faith. We talk by faith. We speak by faith. To just live by faith. I'm not walking by what I see. I, everything starts with faith, which y'all have some because you're here. That's what I believe. So stay the course. Don't revert back to religious works. You're not good because you did all the right things. You need the Holy Spirit full in your life and flamed on and led by God at all the times. The true sons of God, Romans 8, 14, are led by the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit always reminds me who I am. You are not an orphan, Dad. You are not an orphan. And when you know who your Father in heaven is, is you never have to fight for your own self, ever. And now you start trusting God with every purpose and every plan that he's established for your life. Go to verse, whatever I gave you next. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? You're now being made perfect by the flesh. The flesh is never gonna make you perfect. You can't do it by doing all the right things or the works of the law. You can only do it by the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at verse five. This is the one I really wanna show you. I probably could not give you a better scripture to sum up my message today, except maybe Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you so that you can be more effective witnesses. But I'm gonna actually hit this one today because it's so good. Therefore, he who supplies. The question is, who's your supplier? Now, I had a nickname when I was about 15 years old. 
I was called Supplier Dave. I lived in Missouri, and in the winter, I used to wear this big coat, and it had multiple pockets on the inside. And inside my pockets, I had hemostats, pipes, papers, pot. I was a supplier. So they called me Supplier Dave. I always had a lighter. I always had what somebody needed that I was hanging out with. But the difference is now I'm a different kind of supplier. You can still call me Supplier Dave. (laughs) But I'm supplying the Spirit. So God supplies the Spirit to your life. He's your supplier. God is my supplier. Now, He supplies the Spirit to you and does what? You know what the word works is? The word works is the word energy. It means it works, it's on, and it's an accomplishing what it's supposed to do. It's electric. It's electric. He supplies electricity to you, and the switch is always on. It's never off. And it's for a purpose, a miraculous working purpose. The word supply in the Greek is the word epikoriego. It means epi, God transposes himself upon you. Koriego, he choreographs your life. I'm just being conducted by a master conductor where my life is being choreographed. Your life is not your own anymore. You just need a new supplier. Say, I need a new supplier. supplier. And it's every day all the time. He's epichoriego. He's He's transposing your life. I am convinced mental illness is caused by a lack of crucified intelligence. And I get it. You can have chemical mess-ups in your body and lacking something in this and all that. At the end of the day, when you get your mind crucified and you start to think like Christ, act like Christ, love like Christ, he begins to deal with that that thing inside of you. Crucify the intelligence. Get a new supplier so that you can have miracles in your life, whatever kind of miracle. Getting a car for some of you is gonna be a miracle. Getting a new job for some of you will be a miracle. Getting rid of that thorn in your side will be a miracle. That mountain going to the sea will be a miracle. There's all kinds of miracles. Getting deliverance, forgiving, healing. He works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? What's the answer? Hearing by faith. So let's close our eyes for a moment and say, Lord, give me ears to hear. We're gonna lead you through a prayer. My prayer partners can come on up right now. Just take a moment. Say, God, give me ears to hear. Be my supply. Work in my life, God. Give me more fuel to produce more power, to become like you, to do what you did, to build family and relationships, to work the miraculous, and to repeat. Repeat, repeat me, Lord, to be like you. Have mercy on my life, God. Forgive me and create a passion and a desire to run to you before the things of this world. I want what you want. I want to do what you want me to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com slash give.